Welcome to Brave Knitting. This is episode 19 to be released on July 1st, 2020. This is Linda, and I am here today with Pat. Hi, Linda. Pat, what are we being brave about today? Oh, we're being brave about sweaters and the sweater dilemmas. <laughs> I guess there are lots of sweater dilemmas we're discovering. Uh, as it turns out, too many, I think, sometimes. <laughs> like, how do I move forward? I feel I know. frozen. But I feel like I've created a monster with you, right? Yes, you have. Absolutely. Because you were not, in spite of being a knitter for many, 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 many years, you never made sweaters. Nope. And I can thank you. And I think we did that in 2018. You made me cross the bridge and I knit my first sweater. And I'm now on sweater and... number four. Wow. We just can't stop you. But... I was thinking about this earlier today as, as research for this project. I, I, I actually did two things. I listened to the second episode that Anne and I did that was about knitting our, your first garment. Oh. Cause I thought, well, I don't want to repeat myself or, and I thought maybe there's some things I could follow up on that. And then I also, we listened to the, the, the first episode that you and I did together or the second one, I guess the socks episode. Okay. Um, so just to get some, some bearings, but in there you had talked about how your mother-in-law taught you to knit Many years ago. Correct. You know, over, over 30, 40 years ago. So I'm just curious as to why in all those 30-some years that you never had an interest to make sweaters. So I think as I, as I look back, two reasons. Um, I think the main one was the cost. Oh, okay. okay. Because I'm... I, like you, I'm a yarn snob, okay? I admit it freely. So I really love, I really love beautiful yarn. Um, and it was always that quantity that you had to buy, what they call the sweater quantity. And it was for me, ah, I don't really know what I'm doing. Do I really want to spend that much money? Uh, that's kind of where I think that was part of the reason. And the other was, I didn't know anyone who knitted sweaters. So, oh, that's in interesting. I, I, I didn't have someone like you who's been knitting sweaters for you. Well, you've always knit sweaters from day one. Well, you did have me. You just didn't know yes. that our, our knitting was a secret from each other for 20-some years of our friendship, which is really funny. It is. But I, I really think those two reasons. I knew no one who knitted sweaters, and it was always that that outlay of money when I don't know what I'm doing. It was like I couldn't get myself over that hump. But you got me there. And you know one of the reasons I think you got me there is you said, um, hey, this yarn's on sale. And this is really cool yarn. Do you remember? I do remember, yes. Being at your house, we both bought the Malabrigo Rios. Yes, right. For a very good price at an online shop. Yes. Okay. So, um, right. But good question, Linda. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now, you know, now you're a sweater knitter and now like me, that's pretty much all you want to knit. Pretty where, pretty much where I'm at. Other than I always have a sock on the side. Okay. 
I can't right. I can't right. let go of the socks. But no, I'm pretty okay. much sweater going from sweater to sweater. And as we talked about or thought about this episode, it was there's so many we called it dilemmas, but there's so many choices out there. There's so many things to consider, Linda, when you're going to go knit right. a sweater. So yeah, to, to let the, the listeners know, this this episode really came about because Pat and I really talk about knitting a lot when we talk to each other on the phone. And we were both contemplating what our next sweater project would be. And and as the more we talked about it, the more we, we kind of discovered all these dilemmas. Like, do I want a cardigan or do I want a pullover? Do I want seamed or yoked? You know, or top and, right? down, bottom up, right? <laughs> um, and then fabric, right? Cotton, wool, acrylic, something else. And for me, sleeve style. What kind of sleeve do I want, right? Do, do, I, want right. A, do I want a set-in sleeve? Do I want a raglan? Um, do I want um, a drop shoulder or a modified? I mean, because all of those kind of give you a different fit. So, exactly. And then, so I think you mentioned, and have you ever done um, like pockets or? Yes, I have done pockets. Okay. See, I've never, your way, you know. Your experience is, you know, <laughs> we will draw on that today. But like, have you done zippers? Have you put a zipper in a sweater? I did put oh. a zipper in that vest. Remember the Harley vest? Oh, that's right. That yes. we saw together at Stitches a couple of years ago. Right. And I made that. It was a fail for a lot of reasons. So, but I did put a zipper in it, but I, I put it in by hand and for a whole lot of other reasons that I'm not going to get into right now. It, okay. it, it wasn't, wasn't great. And I didn't like it. And I ended up, I ended up frogging it, but I am going to put a zipper in Oranje okay. after I steak yes. it, which I guess I should also let our listeners know that Pat and I, this, this sweater episode has sort of developed into a <laughs> three part series that we're doing for July 1st, July 15th, and August 1st, yes. much to Pat's chagrin, because she didn't really want to be doing podcasts every two weeks. But <laughs> we decided a long time ago that, well, we had de- I had decided that I wanted to do a steaking episode for Brave Knitting, because I was getting ready to steak this Oranje sweater that I've talked about many times on the, on the podcast. And initially, that episode was going to be with B. But then a few weeks ago, Pat got all into some color work <laughs> and made something that needed to be steaked. And she's like, I'm going to steak too. So, so then we thought, okay, well, we should go down the steaking path together and steak together, even if we're virtually, you know, in a virtual sort of way. And so we decided we would do sweaters and we would do steaking, but we'd also wanted to do a color work episode. And we kind of thought that color work kind of went in between sweaters and steaking. So, yeah. so you're getting sweaters this time, color work next time and steaking on yeah. August 1st. I think this is going to be a fun sweater journey I in three so. parts. Yes. So I guess the big question is how do we decide about all these dilemmas? Well, as you know, I've been going through this sweater dilemma for the last couple of months for trying to decide what, what's my next sweater. 
And one, I, I made two points or thought about two things. One is to look at my past sweaters, Linda, and decide yep. and use use the lessons I learned from those three sweaters, what I liked and what I didn't. So those lessons, and we're going to talk about that in a little while. That right. was number one for me. Learn from my past sweater experience. And the other is to look in my closet and figure out what sweaters am I wearing a lot of or not? What do, right. what, what what do I gravitate style? towards? Okay. And when I did that, I started noticing the style of the sweater. You know, what, what was it neck like? What were the sleeves like? What was the fit of the sweater? So for me, that was important. To, okay. And then it helped, helped you narrow it down. What about so. you? What do you do to decide? Well, I think as we were preparing for this, and, and the one thing that, that occurred to me and and like you, a little bit later, I'll talk about some of my misbehaving sweaters that I don't wear very much and that I'm going to use some information from them about making my next choice. Right. But I think a bigger question for me became, do I want to make a sweater or do I want to wear a sweater? What do you mean by that, Linda? Well, to me, they're... It didn't occur to me, but they're very different things. It's like when I'm looking on Ravelry or I'm, you know, I've got the latest issue of Pom Pom or I'm looking at Vogue Knitting or I'm, you know, at a place like Stitches or Vogue Knitting Live and I'm seeing like the new shiny object. Okay. It's like, ooh, ooh, I love that sweater. I've got to have it. I want that. I, you know, that yarn is beautiful. Let me get it. I want it. I want it. I want it. And the reality is, is that, you know, that sweater may be fantastic, but it may not be real practical for my life. Ah. You know, as much as I hate hot weather, I live in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> so, so the months in the year that I can wear wool sweaters are few. And, you know, how many do I really need? And so for me, that, that gave me a I know it just gave me some pause that maybe I need to, when I see the new shiny thing, maybe I need to take a step back and think, number one, do I need, and maybe I really do want to make it, but maybe I don't necessarily want to make it for myself. Ah. And so I, you know, maybe some gift giving or my, I have some nieces and nephews who are starting to have babies. So now I have two little grand nieces and wouldn't it be fun to, you know, to make some child-sized versions of the, the bright and shiny new things that I'm seeing? Or perhaps take an element of what I like about the, the sweater that I'm seeing and, you know, make it into a pillow or a blanket or something else or something more practical. Or make it into a vest, perhaps, okay. which for me would be a more practical thing. So, so that, that was just an interesting lesson for me to kind of realize that just because I see something doesn't mean I have to make it. I can just admire it from afar, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think sometimes, too, you can fall in love with 
as you say, the newest sweater, or for me, I get all hung up on fiber. What's the fiber content, right? I mean, I go right. crazy on this. And I recently fell in love with a description of a yarn, a new yarn. And I was like, I got to have that yarn. And then it was like, well, <laughs> what if it doesn't knit the way I want it to? So I, and we'll talk about this later, what I, what has helped me get over that hump, because I don't want to buy a sweater quantity until I'm, right. I, I'm not maybe as adventurous as you, but it's kind of like, I don't want to buy that sweater quantity and figure it out. I want to know ahead of time that it's going to work. I, I fall in love with the fiber sometimes, uh, like newest sport was one that was featured on modern daily knitting. I don't know if you remember that. Right. Yes, I do. Um, and, um, I will bring that up later, but it was one that I fell in love with the actual fiber and bought a skein and played around with it. And I'll give you the results in a little while, but. Oh, okay. Keep us in yeah. suspense. <laughs> So, yeah, I think for me, you know, the question of going back to like, do I want to make a sweater? Or do I want to wear a sweater? Or do I just want to admire that sweater in the magazine and say, oh, oh, that's really great. And maybe there's some technique or something I can share from it. But, you know, when I get to the point where I, you know, I do want to wear it, then, then I think, as you said, I think we want to learn from our mistakes, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. And, and think about the past. So, so in your case, you have three sweaters, mm -hmm. I, right? That you've I, completed. Yes. Very, and, and they've all been done in the last two years. So they're yes, you know, I they've know all been finished in the last year. Pardon? They've all been finished in the last year because we were sitting in your oh. house in Houston it last July, and you were I was teaching you mattress stitch on the Bronwyn, oh, you're right? right? Yes. Yes. So that's pretty good. Okay, so I guess I should feel pleased with myself. Accomplished. Yes, very accomplished. Okay. So let me talk about my likes and dislikes about the, from the three sweaters and what I learned. Um, so the brown one is a beautiful, I think, cable pattern. I, I still really like the pattern a lot. Um, and then the yarn was a beautiful yarn, worsted from Malabrigo. Um, I chose a purple blue kind of color, and now I can't remember right. the name of it. Maybe, do you recall? Yeah, I can't I, either. I'll, I'll look it up while you're Yeah, talking. I meant to look it up, and I forgot. So this sweater was the entire sweater, front, back, and sleeves, heavily cabled. And it was a bottom up and in the round. And the weight of the yarn was worsted. And I never wear that sweater. I believe I've worn it two <laughs> times. I don't like the fit, Linda. Okay. I feel like a tub in it. Oh, okay. Okay. If that, and, if the fit is and I just, think I don't like it, even though. I thought I had, I know I got gauge, but I thought I had matched the schematic or the, you know, but then I went back preparing for, you know, this podcast and I 
I read the pattern again. And I actually wrote down what the pattern said. And it says, it's slightly oversized and it has a straight torso. So it accentuated the roundness of my body type. And that's why I okay. kind of feel like a sausage in it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So because I don't like the way it fits, I don't wear it. And the amount of work that went into making those beautiful cables doesn't show that well in a um, hand-dyed yarn. In a variegated, in a, yeah. right. So you get that, you know, color differentiation with the, right. you know, the hand-dyed. I did, I did look up the colorway you were, you had used and it's called Wales Road. Okay. <laughs> Which is funny. I guess it makes you feel like a whale. <laughs> I had. Oh, that's perfect. That's absolutely oh, perfect. perfect. Yes, I do. But, I, but feel, I think you're right. I'm sorry. What? I think you're right about the the cables. I've had this issue before too. That now I've learned. I don't do use a variegated yarn when I'm doing cables or some pattern work because it, I don't think it shows up. Well. It's almost like you you're trying to do too many things, right? You've got a you've got a variegated or a hand dyed yarn that has different colors, right? That's one element, right? And then you're right. using cables, which is a texture element, and it's too many things. It, it doesn't it's too work. many things. Yeah. So, I mean, there are there are some exceptions, but I think in general, the the cables seem to just work a little bit better on on more solid. But I also have found that, and I love cables too, and I love the look of cable sweaters, but I have worn enough and made enough to know that 90% of the time, the cable sweater is just not a good look on me. Oh, really? No. Because they add bulk. Oh. And, and I think there's something about... Uh, I, I think that there's something about cable sweaters and like I say, there are exceptions because I have seen some that I think look good on women over a certain age that we say, say, but there, there's just something about them that, yeah, I just think that they add bulk a lot that's of a, times that's a really when, good when women don't want bulk. Just knowing my body type, I don't want to add bulk because I already feel that, you right. know, because, uh, I mean, my body has changed in all these years and, you know, I'm, yes, <laughs> I look a lot different than I did when I was in my twenties, as far as body goes. So. <laughs> Don't we all? So can I, yes, can I, I tell you about that, the second that's... one? The second sweater? Yes. Weekender. Oh, you remember this one, don't you? Because you were with uh, me I do remember when we bought one. the yarn. Yes. The yarn was great. Yes, the yarn was great. Love the pattern. I love that pattern from the first time <laughs> I saw it. It was by Andrea Mowry. Uh, again, it was a worsted bottom up in the round. And I could tell it was boxy from the pattern. And I um, that didn't bother me. Um, I come to find out it had 10 inches of positive ease. Yeah, I remember it because we were at the retreat when yes. we when you bought that and I remember looking, there were a lot of people at the retreat wearing that sweater. Correct. And to be perfectly honest with you, I, 
I didn't think it looked that great on very many people. And, <laughs> and, and then when I read that it had 10 inches of ease, I kind of thought, okay, well, I, I know I can't wear something that looks 10 inches of ease because it just is going to make me look 10 inches bigger than I well, already am. What I didn't realize was I thought I had solved the 10 inches of ease, ease problem when one of the gals that had a weekender on, I talked to her and she said, oh, by the way, it knits really big. You're going to want to go down a size. So I actually knit a smaller size. Okay. okay. But so I had two things about the weekender I learned. One is this positive ease of 10 inches is, is just too much for what <laughs> I want. Okay. Right. Right. But number two, Linda was the yarn. It was a beautiful yarn. It was a hand dyed. It was a worsted um, superwash. And the fabric it created was too loose or sleazy for me. It, and because of the, fa the, the way it created this fabric that was kind of loose, even though I got gauge, it was just too, too loose. Um, and that even added to the being so big. That's interesting. I'm, I'm looking on Ravelry at your projects to, to remind myself what that yarn is. It's, it was Aerialist DK by, from Yarn Carnival. Thank you. Okay. Yes. And it's 100% merino. So it, it doesn't have anything else in it. So it's interesting. I wonder if perhaps if you would just knit it at a tighter yes, gauge. I think. That you might have been happier with I it. Think, I think that if I had done a swatch to create or to see what the what it, the fabric was going to feel and look like, I would have decided to have to go down and gauge. And I could have with this right. pattern without a problem. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And then it would have been not so so big and loose right. on you and you'd probably like it a lot. I have to admit, I don't think that I know that this is a really, really popular there are I'm looking on Ravelry, there are eighty six hundred <gasps> people who have made this sweater just on Ravelry. Eighty six hundred. Eighty six hundred projects, yes. And it's in almost ten thousand cues. But I I think it looks beautiful on Andrew Maurer because everything does. I don't think it looks great on a lot of people. I do think your sweater is really one of the cutest weekenders I've seen, though, even though you don't feel comfortable in it. When we were in New York and you wore it, I thought it looked great on you. So, Well, do you think you liked it because of um, it's not all knit in one color? Remember how... When we were when I was making the yarn choice, you you suggested to me, hey, why don't you um, gradiate the colors? Remember? Right. Well, because we had seen that yarn and you had admired that mm -hmm. yarn, and they had it on a mannequin um, in a sweater shawl or something that was in these three shades of blue, that kind of a denim blue that was really pretty, and and I thought, well, that would work on the weekender, and since you were admiring yeah. that yarn, and I, so and I, I, I did I think, like that effect. Um, so I guess the lesson I, I learned from Weekender was um, the ease. I, I now look at ease, ease on every pattern. Okay. Okay, last one. Third sweater that I knit up in within, I think, two months. I just, I just tore through this one. And, it's, it, and this one has been knit a lot. It's Love Note by Ten Can Knits. 
Third time's a charm. Uh, yep. Um, <laughs> so it's a top down in the round with a circular yoke. And what I think makes me love this so much is you, you, you hold two yarns together. You use a fingering and it's the mohair. It's a mohair lace. Right. And well, in fact, you helped me pick that out in New, in New York, remember? Right. Yes, I did. That vendor, I think, was from Ireland. That that vendor was at the the townhouse yarns or something like that that I had been to. They have a shop in Dublin and I had just been to yes. Dublin a few months before. So it was kind of funny to see them there. But I have to tell you, I um I I liked the circular yoke and 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 the style. I like the style of the sweater. But I all the thing I think I really like is what that mohair did to the fingering. Because it's just other than the lace part that's in the yoke, it's it's stocking net. But the right. mohair creates um I don't know, a halo. So I, I, it just makes the, the yarn sing to me. It just looks lovely. Um, I, I mean, I really like it. And I think I've told you, I would probably make another one. Right. So you're happy with that. Yes. No cables. It's not oversized. Mm -mm. Top down seemed to work well for you. Yeah. So it all just kind of came together. And um, with this mohair, it absolutely disguises any kind of tension difference. Okay. Okay. So, um, All right. So now you, you know, from evaluating what you like and don't like, you have some idea about going forward. Yes. And I think we're going to talk about that, like how it helped me yeah. to go forward. Absolutely. And I understand so you've case, got some sweaters you never wear. I have three sweaters that I made fairly recently that I, I don't wear. And the first one is Coat of Many Colors by, oh, what's the woman's name? Sandra Miller. She wrote a book called Knit Swirl. And I love this book. And I first saw this book over 10 years ago at a knit shop in Midland, Texas, when I was visiting my in-laws. And uh, one of my sisters-in-law and I went in there and they had this kit knit up of this sweater that's on the cover of the book. And I just thought it was beautiful. And they had put together this, this um, um, mountain goat, oh, is the, is the yarn, beautiful hand-dyed colors in these turquoisey blue colors that are right up my alley and, and this kit kit that they had was like $300 for this bag of yarn. And it was at a time in my life when I was a number one, not knitting. Ah. Um, secondly, I had, I had stopped working um, a, a couple years before this. So we had gone from being a two income family to a one income family. And then the recession of 2008-9 hit, <laughs> and my husband was trying to keep his uh, architecture firm afloat, and he and his partners cut their salaries in half. So now our you know, household income was a quarter <clears throat> of what it had been a few years before. And so needless to say, money was really tight. <clears throat> and you know, I was not going to just <clears throat> drop $300 on yarn that, <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry, I have a little frog in my throat. 
I wasn't going to drop $300 on yarn when I really wasn't knitting at the time, but I just thought this was such a beautiful sweater. And I, I was just like, Oh, I would love to knit that someday. And <clears throat> the next day we were getting ready to, to leave, to, to drive back to, to Dallas. And my, we were staying at my in-laws house and my sister-in-law came over and she brought a bag and she had purchased that kit for me because she knew how much I loved what it. What a dear woman. And I just, wow. I know. And I just thought that was just so, so sweet of her. But at the time, because I hadn't been knitting, I, I just, I knew I couldn't just sit down and knit that at the time. It was, you know, it was $300 worth of yarn. And these knit swirl sweaters are really interesting construction, but you cast on like you knit them from the outside in. They're kind of like a big circle. Oh, wow. And you knit them from the outside in. Interesting construction, but you cast on 800 stitches. And I thought, well, just the idea of casting on 800 stitches was was, was enough to put me over the edge. So I, I, it just, that bag was in the back of the closet for literally, you know, I don't know, ten, seven, eight years. Oh, my. And when I started knitting again in 2017... I decided I decided I would knit that, but I first knit like three or four other projects. Okay. Um, and then after you know, kind of get my get my uh, sea legs again, getting my knit, knitting legs again, and I made it. And I I did a gauge swatch. I got gauge, but I don't think I blocked my gauge swatch. Oh. So that was a bad thing. <laughs> And I don't know, I, I still cannot explain this, but it, because of this unusual construction, you're knitting it, <clears throat> you think of a big circle and you knit in and then you get to the point where you're kind of at the shoulders. And so you have to, you add arms to it, but you don't knit a sleeve in the traditional way where the, the stockinette kind of goes you know, up and down your arm. It's, it's going the other direction. It's going horizontally I guess hmm. right so I just you know I just did what it told me in the pattern well I am not exaggerating when I say that these sleeves are six to seven to eight maybe inches too long for me I mean it's just gigantic so and be, and if they were just you know, if they were done in a traditional sort of way, you'd just like cut it, unravel mm -hmm. it, right? right? And then, well, but but the, you know, <laughs> the knit stitches are going in the opposite direction, so you can't just cut it. Um, so I've thought about other ways of, of solving that, but the, the reality is that the whole sweater is just way, way too big for me. And it's it just, it looks like I'm wearing like my big sister's clothes. It's just gigantic. So just recently, I kind of thought to myself, you know, I really should frog that. And now that I'm a little bit smarter about knitting, you know, make it again and, you know, use a much tighter gauge and just be aware of, of where I have to make some adjustments so to the is the You love the yarn you mentioned. The yarn is beautiful. Okay. So it would be worth and it's not, it's nine different And it's nine different colors of this... Um, Mountain goat, um, is that the name of the? Uh, here, I'll, I'll I will look up the the right name of the yarn. 
Yeah, Mountain Goat. It's Mountain Colors is the company, and Mountain Goat is the, the name of the yarn. And it's actually 11 different skeins, and they're each a different Ooh. color. So, But they're all in the same color so family. So, Linda, what is the, the fiber content? It's wool. It's 100% wool, then? It's Well, I take that back. You know what? It has some mohair in it. Oh, it's 55% mohair and 45% wool. Okay. So the mohair could be part of the reason that it's big also. I was thinking that might be why it may be. So did you block it and it grew after you blocked it? It didn't grow when I blocked it. Okay. It just was way too big. You mentioned that you didn't block your swatch. I didn't block the swatch, no. If you had, what what do you think? Do you think you would have learned something from that that maybe would have clued you in? Maybe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's number one. The second one that I don't wear, and you were with me when I bought the yarn yes. for this one, is the Campside Cardi by Alicia, Alicia Plummer. And it's a very cute sweater. But what I have realized about this sweater, it's a cardigan, and I do like cardigans. I think they're more practical for me here in Texas than a lot of pullovers. But this particular cardigan, and many, and now I'm aware of it when I see it, they looked really good on young women who have fairly flat chests. Oh. And, and I am somebody with very narrow shoulders and a very narrow rib cage, but breasts okay. that stick forward. And so this the sweater, there's just there's just not enough um, stitches in the top of the sweater to sort of cover my breasts. So it just seems like the 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 cardigan is just kind of always you know kind of open like outside my boobs, which is not a good look. So Linda, <laughs> are there different cardigan styles then? Are you saying that the style of this cardigan, or is this is this something you always yeah. encounter with any cardigan? No, no, I don't know. It's just this particular one, and and a lot of ones that you see that are they, they tend to be V neck, and so that V, you know, the, the 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 piece of fabric that's between the band and the let's say the side seam, is just not very wide over the breasts. Okay. okay. And and so so for somebody so. And it doesn't really have to do with measurements. So let's say, you know, I measure 38 in the bust, but I measure 38 in the bust, but but once again, narrow rib cage. So I look narrow, but my right. you know, the my inches are coming forward at you. <laughs> and so it it just is a, is a style that would look better on somebody that is more flat chested okay. than I am. Okay. So I'm I'm aware of that now. So I will take that going forward forward. And then the other sweater that Ann and I have talked about a lot because it's the one that I I made her do in the knit along a few years ago when I got her to be a sweater knitter is the the Nor'easter by um, Thea Coleman. And so that one is a, is a number of things. Number one, it's it's a big cable worsted weight sweater. And I think it's just the cables are just too big for me. There's something wrong in that pattern that a lot of people have talked about where the shoulder construction is, it's, a, it's kind of a cool looking shoulder, shoulder construction that I like, but it's just too big. 
and it's too big on everybody. And so on me with my little narrow shoulders, it's gigantic. I, I think I saw that one at your house. Yes. And, and you're right. Those shoulders, I mean, you, you could, you know, try out for the football team I could, or something. Yeah, exactly. You I could put my them. son's football pads in there and, and have room to spare. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so that's another one. I really think, you know, I've, I've, it's just been sitting in a drawer. I think I've worn it twice in two years. And I think what I'm going to do is frog it. It's, it's using Malabrigo Rios. Okay. And I'll reuse that yarn probably to make um, some, you know, baby gifts and baby sweaters for upcoming nieces and nephews and, and other people I know having babies. So now we know what to look for and what to avoid, right? We do. Yes. All right. So now going forward, so what do you, how do you go about keeping track of things that you're looking at and organizing all that kind of stuff? So I, I have been, thanks to you actually, um, but I haven't been successful. I, um, you helped me create my stash in Ravelry, but the part that I'm not doing, and oh, and I, I have a lot of um, folders in Ravelry. They're not called folders. I'm trying to think of what they're called. Where I organize patterns that I like. Okay. Oh, bundles in the favorites. Yes, yeah. in the favorites. The, the bundles. Yeah. But the thing I haven't done is I haven't prioritized. All right. I haven't like started a queue. Like, oh, okay. So I okay. have not, and I realized when I was, you know, thinking about this episode, I went back and I was looking. On, in fact, I was trying to find something today, and uh, in my favorites, and I was in all the different folders, and I thought, oh my gosh, I, I forgot I had this one. I forgot I earmarked this as a favorite. So I need I need to do cleanup right now in Ravelry. But I think Ravelry okay. is a fabulous tool. I think Ravelry is a, is a great tool. And what I have found is when I see something now, I just put it in my favorites. Okay. And I just put it in the favorites and I have bundles, you know, like I have a cardigan, a pullover, a sock, a hat, a shawl. I have all these different bundles. And then every once in a while, I'll just go and I'll look at a particular bundle and just kind of browse through it. And, and I'll delete a lot of stuff. Because they're just things that, for whatever reason, right. you know, I liked when I first saw it, but I look at it and I'm like, oh, no, you know, I, I maybe I think about, you know, one of the, like, oh, this has, this is really cute sweater, but it's got cables all over it. That's not going to be a good look on me. So I get rid of it or, you know, or I decide, well, maybe it would be a good look as a gift for so-and-so and then I might reconsider it. But I try to, I try to kind of weed through and and then I do try to put things in my queue. Now I know people have like, I, but I have very small numbers of favorites and very small numbers of things in my queue compared to other. Oh, really? People. I, I know. I was listening to another podcast recently, and they were talking about having like hundreds of things in their queue. In my queue right now, if I go to my queue, I think I have like maybe six things and that and that's enough for me uh, but that Let's almost is many. reasonable i mean that's something right. i feel like you could put your arms around and, and achieve uh, right i have nine things in my queue right now you have what 
nine okay. things in my queue right now. And thank you. I think what I was calling a folder is a bundle. Yeah. Right. So, right. but I, I think that I initially had a binder and a lot of paper. And I think Ravelry is a better way to go for right. keeping track. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's it's nice to to have the, the 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 folder and the paper and to see it in real. And I I kind of like that for a lot of reasons. But I just find I, it's very hard to to manage and keep track of, and then it ends up being all over my house, and <laughs> and then I don't remember where I put it. And I mean, I'm pretty good about being able to keep it in one place or many binders, but knowing what's in there, I lose track of that totally. You know, right, right. So, um, but you know, everybody has. I mean, a lot of people now use their phone as an organizing tool. Well, they're just like take a screenshot of something oh, and okay. and then organize their photos. Um, so that you know, that's another way. So you know, we encourage you to you know do what works for you in terms of organizing. But you know, Ravelry is really really powerful, and it, it's been very helpful for me to to help me prioritize. I guess. And don't you think a lot of people are going to Ravelry to find patterns, just to to look for ideas? Yes. Yeah. For sure. So it makes. And there's a lot of free stuff on Ravelry too, and you can you know you can uh, the way you can kind of sort is it's really amazing. You know, you can sort down to you know every little detail you want. That is, you know, yeah, I, that I is want one of my favorite wool, tools. I want the, the advanced search. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. good. Okay, so that brings me to the age-old question. <laughs> what comes first, the yarn or the pattern? And I will say for me, as I've talked about, that it used to be I would fall in love with yarn and I would buy yarn, sometimes sweater quantities worth of yarn, and then not know what the heck I was going to do with it. And what I discovered is that it just did not work for me. It was, it ended up being sort of stressful for me because then I was like, Oh my God, I spent all this money on this yarn and now I've got to use it and I don't know what to use it for. And so now I really, really try hard to fall in love first with a pattern and then try to find yarn that will work with it. That, but that just is, that's just me. And I know you do something different. Well, just recently, I just recently came to this. I have not done this before. So I fell in love with some yarn. I mentioned it earlier. Um, oh, the new one. New sport. And um, then I went and found a pattern. And I thought, I don't know if it's going to work. And I don't want to buy sweater quantities. So I started doing what I call auditioning the yarn. So. Okay, and I have to do a little... interjection here is that today we're recording two days ahead of time today on mdk the little email blob was from jillian moreno Mm -hmm. and it was talking about auditioning yarn and i thought she stole pat's line (laughs) (laughs) i mean perfect timing here i was so thrilled to see that because i thought oh my god i'm with it right i I audition yarn, um, but I will tell you, it's a good article, a really good article, and she goes it is above a good and beyond I what it. I'm doing because she auditions it without a pattern. So, please, everyone, look that look that article up on 
uh, MDK because MDK, uh, MDK. we'll um, we'll give a link to that in our show yes. notes. So, um, so how do you audition yarn? But I audition yarn, and um, the newest sport didn't work. Um, didn't work for what? It didn't work for the so pattern. You, oh, because you had a pattern in mind. That's yes. what you're saying. That yes. she doesn't. She just she just wants to see how the yarn acts. So basically, what her article is is all about is. I'm going to knit this in several different needle sizes, right? I'm going to knit stocking knit. I'm going to knit um, different patterns. I'm going to do lace. I'm going to do a cable, different stitch patterns, you know? Um, and then the yarn's going to talk to me and tell me what right. it looks best as, so to speak. And then she goes out and finds a pattern. Okay, but what do you do? So, I have a pattern, and now I'm trying to find a yarn. So, okay. I, I bought one skein to uh, audition, and because the yarn, I, I wanted to try this yarn, and it doesn't work for the pattern. I think I talked to you, and I said, the original pattern calls for a combination uh, of wool and cotton, 50-50. And you said, oh, okay. I've got some cotton blends. Let me, and you sent them to me. And right now I am working on my third swatch and I'm knitting it in the pattern that's, I'm knitting it in the texture pattern that's, you know, from, from the pattern. And I'm finding some I really like and some that I, no, I, I won't use them. So it's helping me narrow down my choices, Linda. Okay. Okay. Um, but I think we can all do combi we can do combinations too, right? It doesn't have to be one or the other. No, no, for sure. I am, um, you know, I love the spin cycle. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been collecting spin cycle. It's kind of an addiction for me, but last weekend, I got out the spin cycle and I decided, and I have all these different single colors, so it's not like I can make a sweater out of them, but I just gathered them all together and I actually put together with some other yarn that I had, single skeins and double skeins of some things, and I have three things in my queue now that are um, cowls or hats or some other small items that I want to do as gifts using the spin cycle. So it gives me the, the pleasure of working with the spin cycle, but it's not something I have to have to wear. I can, you know, use it as a as a gift. So And I think you used, as you said, you, you can go on Ravelry, right? And you can say, I want to use this yarn. Show me show me some projects that yes. have used the yarn. Yes. Yes. And that's that's what I did to get some ideas. Right. And then, you know, and then sometimes some other project comes up and you're like, well, I could use the spin cycle in there. That would work fine. But yeah, that's what I did. So, so eventually, so we're like, we're, we're narrowing it down. So, so you, you're pretty set on this pattern, correct? This pattern that you're auditioning the yarn yes, for. Yes, because, um, and it's really it's me coming to a point where 
I made a decision about what I wanted my next sweater. I narrowed everything down and I came to a decision about what I wanted my next sweater to be. Which, which was? was, I didn't want it to be worsted. Okay. I wanted okay. something lighter weight. Uh, I wanted it to be cotton of some kind because I wanted a, a blend or something lightweight and I got to cotton through the pattern, so to speak, because the pattern gave me the idea of using cotton. Okay. I wasn't going to do that originally, but the pattern gave me that idea. Okay. And now I'm thinking, I think it's a good idea. And right. So I chose the pattern because again, I wanted something for summer and I wanted something lightweight. Um, and the pattern also met one of my criteria was I wanted to try a raglan sleeve. Okay. Um, so that was one of your, your main yes. focuses, I think. So, you know, when you were then narrowing it down, you were trying to really look at, at raglan style. Yes. I wanted, I wanted that fit and it's a sweater I wear and I like, you know, from my closet, so to speak. Right. What about you? Have you narrowed down what you're going to do next? Well, I think for me, I had a lot of, I had several sweaters in my queue, but I had to go back to Holy Moly. But once again, you were with yes. me when I fell in love with Holy Moly. Now, the good news was I didn't fall in love with the yarn. I fell in love with, I fell in love with the garment right? Because they had a sample there of Holy Moly at the retreat we were at. And I was able to try it on. It, it is a one size fits all. So, you know, <laughs> it really doesn't fit all. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not that big on me. And, you know, I'm, I'm not small, but I'm not real large. And, and I just liked it because it was just sort of different. However, there was, well, I'll talk about this later, so I'm not going to tell you that. But so what I decided is I, I am ready to do holy moly now. That, and I think I talked about it on the last podcast as my, my new crave. It was, the, it was the crave on my first podcast nine months uh -huh. ago. But, but now I'm really ready to, to, to work on it. It is holding, holding a, a lace weight and a mohair together. Okay which is something that I've not been very astute at in the past, but I'm, I'm better now. I'm braver now because I'm more experienced and I've been working a little bit more with some fingering weights. And I, there are enough projects now on Ravelry where people are talking about there, there is a problem with the, the pattern, but I think it's fairly easy to, to figure out what you need to, okay. to fix in the pattern. And, and then something else that I'll talk about in my, in my saves that made, made holy moly my, my final decision about the, the sweater that I'm going to make right now. Okay. Have we, have right. we covered our... I think so. I think we're, we're running out of time and we want to get to our raves and okay. saves yes. and all that good stuff. So what are you raving about? So you know that I'm I'm knitting an Aaron sweater right now for my son-in-law, and I'm going to rave about the yarn and the needle that I'm okay. needles I'm using. And we've actually mentioned these needles before because we bought each of us bought uh, a pair in uh, New York, 
Folk Knitting Live, and it's the Indian Lake Artisans hardwood needles. They are great. It's a combination of that needle and this yarn, and the yarn I'm using is the Jameson's Shetland Aaron Weight. And very famous. Sticky, sticky wool. I love it. Just love, love, okay. love it. And those needles, and you've knit, have you knit something with them, Linda? Yes. And actually, I'm, I did my swatch last night for Holy Moly, and I need a super, super sharp and needle to do this mohair and, and lace weight together. And luckily, I have I have a size four and a size five from the Indian Lakes, and those are the two okay. sizes I needed to use. And and, yeah. and that's what I was going to tell the listeners. I've never had such a sharp pointed needle. It's fabulous. It's it fabulous. really in a, great. Yeah, and in a this Aaron sweater, it's a fisherman's and cables, you know, multiple cable. And so it works great. So I'm, but that's my rave. How about you? What are you raving about? Okay. I have two raves as well, and it's really kind of a shout out to to sweater knitters. And the first is Elizabeth Zimmerman, who many people are familiar with. And, and I knew about Elizabeth Zimmerman, but when I was working on my history report for my level two master stuff, I really got to know Elizabeth a little bit more and, and just read more about her. And, you know, she really revolutionized knitting and her her... EPS system, is that what it's called? I'm going to, oh, I should have looked that up. I was going to write that down. But the system that she came up with for knitting yoke style sweaters in the round, oh. I, I realized today as I was listening to the, the episode that Ann and I did back in October about knitting your first garment, and I told about knitting my very first thing, which was this sweater pattern that our little teacher Wilma at the yarn store had us do. Wilma was giving us the Elizabeth Zimmerman system. Now, it didn't say that anywhere on this piece of paper that I had from Wilma. And so nine months ago when we did that episode and I, and I found this, this you know, piece of paper from 1985, it, I was not aware that, that it was the Elizabeth Zimmerman system. But, but now I'm pretty certain that, that that's what it was. Oh, and so I just thought that that was kind of interesting, and and so I, I, I don't know, I, and I so I, I admire Elizabeth Zimmerman for you know I think she was the original brave knitter and telling people you know it's just yarn and sticks people you know get over it and have fun, and then and then the other super sweater knitter is Dana Williams Johnson, who oh, yes. I became familiar with from we're giving a lot of plugs to MDK today uh, Modern Daily Living that. Dana is one of their uh, frequent contributors, and she is she has her own blog and website called Yards of Happiness. But she is a prolific sweater knitter and a, a very fun spirit. And I love I really enjoy reading her columns. I agree. And uh, you know she's just very inspiring in terms of sweaters. So shout out to all of them. So what are, what's misbehaving for you? So my misbehaving it is actually a misbehaving a save, and I'm going to make it as short as possible. The sweater, this uh, fisherman's sweater, is, has um, a double cable, but then it has two panels with just a thick, 
six-ditch uh, cable. The problem is that the pattern repeat for the double cable is 22 rows. The pattern repeat for the six-ditch cable pattern is eight rows. And you're actually creating okay. the on this simple cable, I'm going to call it, the six-ditch, you're creating that twist, right, where you rearrange those stitches on the fifth row. So this sweater is knit in pieces. So I knit, I, I, I knit the back first. And I realized after I had done two full repeats that I had a problem with my counting on the six-ditch cable. Okay? I made a mistake. I messed up the count and didn't do the cable on a row that I, I didn't do that fifth row. So I, I thought, oh my God, um, I, I need to solve this problem. I need to be keeping track. And so I think for me, I had, I had to visualize it. And so I actually wrote, rewrote the pattern for myself, so to speak. And I rewrote it <laughs> with all the repeats for both cables going oh, okay. on at the okay. same time. It was the only right. way for me to keep track. So, okay. I, I, um, and I know that sounds simple probably, but I could not, because the two tables were having different row repeats, I, I needed some way to correlate this. And then I mark off right. as, I, as I'm working through it. So, Yeah, that makes sense to me. That's kind of going back to like my system of when I have something with repeats like that, how I like to have my flashcards. Yeah. So, so in that case, I would like rewrite the flashcards so that they incorporated both yes, of those and things. And that's what and I, didn't I, have I had to, keep to track do. I had them. to incorporate both repeats going on at the same time, even though they're different. Okay. So. Well, that's a good that's a good tip for people. You know that you have the power, people, to you know rewrite something in a way that makes sense to you when you're when you're actually trying to execute right. it. How about you? So my my misbehave, I, I have to say, is that coat of many colors cardigan that I talked about earlier with the the mountain goat yarn that is beautiful and just the fact that I made it three years ago now and I think I've worn it twice and it's really beautiful it would really I have a friend my friend Kathy who you've met oh, is yes. six foot three and, you know so she's a very big tall woman this probably would be fabulous on her so, you know, I guess my one option is I could give it to her or I can frog it and um, <laughs> start over or, or use the yarn for something else. I don't know. But I, 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 that, that's probably one of my biggest misbehaves. But, but I think I learned something along the way. Number one, you know, block your gauge, gauge swatch. But my save has to do with holy moly. Ah, and one of the things about Holy Moly that I liked but didn't like is the fact that it's, it's, it's kind of a, you know, like a very casual looking, almost slouchy, a little oversized. And it has no, it has no hem or border or ribbing on the bottom. It's just, you just start doing stockinette. And so it's, it's intended to, to roll and curl and, and be a little disheveled looking. Oh, okay. And, and I understood that, 
and I liked it on the, you know, 23 year old model <laughs> that they show <laughs> on the pattern. But there was something about it that I thought, I just wasn't sure about that. I wasn't sure it would curl up the way I wanted. And a couple weeks ago, when, when B and I did the short rows episode, right. and I did a, a swatch where I practiced all the different short rows. Yes. The, and I did a fairly large size swatch, and I think that we posted in Facebook and in Instagram. But it, you know, it just created this what I call like a smile, right, on the bottom. <laughs> all right. So it, and I looked at that and I thought, that's what I want to do for Holy Moly, is I want to create kind of like a shirt tail. Yes, perfect. Hem. So that, you know, it dips down in the front and um, kind of up a little bit at the sides. And I thought I could, and, I'll, and it just, I'll use two garter stitch rows to, you know, to give it some definition at the bottom. And then I'll do short rows and I'll have kind of like a shirt tail effect to it. So it still has that very casual slouchy look, but doesn't look oh, quite as messy. That's a great, uh, that's a great save. That's really super. So and so that's you, you know do. one of the advantages of doing a, a swatch, right? Practicing your your short rows, you learn you you know you got some inspiration. No, and you you you've redesigned the sweater, so to speak. Right, I've modified the, the sweater to my needs. Yes, yes, exactly. I've been watching a lot of uh, not a lot, but I've watched a few fruity knitting episodes lately, and. You know, Andrea is always great inspiration for modifying a pattern. So um, perhaps, perhaps she's been influencing me. Um, in fact, that brings me to my crave. And okay. it actually, uh, ha I've been watching, I'm trying to watch Fruity Knitting from the very beginning, Linda. Okay. <laughs> I haven't even, I think I haven't even gotten to episode 20 yet. I mean. But I love some of uh, the work she does. It's just outstanding. Um, but she talked, there were some episodes in particular that kind of got me started. Um, and I realized that I really want, this is my crave, I want to knit a fair aisle sweater. I really do. Okay. Because two reasons. I love, love, colorable and I'd really like to I'd like to knit a fair aisle but I've had trouble I, I mean and I've been on Ravelry looking I've had trouble finding uh, a fair aisle style and I don't mean I think I should say pattern sorry not style a fair aisle pattern that I'm really in love with so I bought a book to give me inspiration right. and I think you told me today that you bought the same book. It's Alice Starmore's I know, it's really funny. book of Fair Isle. I just, on a, on a whim, because I've decided that I want to do a Fair Isle hat for one of my college roommates as a Christmas oh. gift. And so that's that I was, and I'm not happy with any of the, the hats that I've seen okay. with the particular Fair Isle design. I also have to, as whenever I get to level three, I have to design a Fair Isle hat in level three. So this is my little practice session on that. Oh, this is perfect. So let me tell you what I found. And I think I found the reference through Fruity, Fruity Knitting, excuse me, 
Um, it's a website. It's a website called Fiddlesticks. F I N D L S T I X dot com. I've heard of that. Uh huh. I've heard you of have. That. Okay. The gal, but I don't name remember what is, it's referenced uh, to. Lynn Niges, N I G N I L G E S, lives in Ohio, and does a lot of Fair Isle, and she's got some kits. She's got some color packets and patterns that are included so that you can, she does classes, but you can buy these uh, kits and knit a small project. And she's using the Jameson's um, Shetland Spindrift, which is their fingering. So I already love the Shetland yarn, the Jameson's that I'm using for my, my uh, Aaron sweater. Um, so I think I'm going to order a kit to make uh, some mittens just to practice and okay. see if I like the okay. yarn. I'm, I'm looking at her website now as you said that. Okay. She seems to have a lot of kit stuff. Yes. I, I haven't found any patterns for sweaters I like. It was just that I liked that I could buy a packet of, uh, I think it's like six different colors, and then I could knit a small uh, item. Okay. So that's, uh, but the Fair Isle sweater, and, and I really want to dig deep into this book, you know. Um, and now that you have the same book and we're doing a Fair Isle episode in a couple of weeks. We're, we're doing a color work on in the next couple of weeks. So yeah. Oh, you're right. Color work. Right. How about you? What are you craving? Right. So I crave, what I am craving I have two designers that have shown up quite a bit in my queue and in my favorites, and that's Isabella Kramer and Caitlin Hunter. And I have not, and they're both okay. very well-known designers, but I have not knit anything by either one of them. And so my crave is to narrow down, you know, one of the many patterns of both of them that I have in my queue and or in my favorites and and get it to my queue so okay. I just think that they both particularly Isabel Kramer I think you know a lot of her stuff and she, she there's a good interview with her on fruity knitting and I've always had a lot of her stuff in my favorites and she's her stuff is kind of simple but it always has one or two little elements that just make it a little different and kind of kind of hip for lack of a better word, you know, like that she seems very sort of modern and, and she's not, she's not, she's, I'm guessing she's probably my age or close to my age. She's not a real young woman, but her stuff has a very youthful, but yet tasteful vibe to it. I, I agree. Uh, she's actually someone that I know and I have some of her patterns in my favorites also. I, I like okay. her, some of her designs. So. Um, and then, yeah, the same thing with, with Caitlin Hunter. It just seems like I've come across a lot of her stuff but have never knit anything by her. So um, both of those designers I want to try out. All right. This is the longest episode we've ever recorded. <laughs> we knew that just the two of us talking about sweaters would go on and on and on. And we could keep going on, but our our listeners probably have to go home and cook dinner or do the laundry or get back to work or something. I am sure. Yes. Until next time, be brave. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information, check out Brave Knitting 
at Facebook or Ravelry Group. You can also find us on Instagram at BEE Brave Knitting and email us at BEE Brave Knitting at gmail.com.